Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The gaming industry of the modern day is one hell of a multi-limbed beast, with Sony and Microsoft vying for position at the top, Nintendo off on their own little island, and wondrous one-offs like Google Stadia or the Valve Steam Deck vying for your attention, in between are millions of talking points and shared opinions amongst the masses. The last generation overall though, it was a bit of a tire fire. The advent of loot boxes and microtransactions, segmented story chunks offered up as paid DLC, free-to-play titles price gouging for essential assets, or the fact that we hit a scale of production that fun fundamentally doesn't line up with the majority of release dates, more buggy and broken titles were seen per week than ever before. Now though, as a new generation finishes its first year, here's to what the industry needs to change for all those long-standing qualms to fade away altogether. I'm Scott from WhatCulture.com and these are 7 simple solutions to the gaming industry's biggest problems. Number 7. People don't finish games. Solution: Store rewards for trophies and achievements. This can't apply to the wacky world of Nintendo just yet, but with industry experts noting that only 10-20% to 20% of us actually hit credits, there's a real problem with video game length. The amount they cost to make, our interest over time, pretty much everything regarding the post-release state of a title and getting your money's worth. Whether it's because a game is too long, loses its story hook, or otherwise runs out of steam, one surefire way to get people through would be directly tying trophies and achievements to real-world store vouchers on PlayStation Network or the Xbox Store. Interestingly, Xbox has have gotten close to this idea with Microsoft Rewards, letting achievements and playtime goals become points you can exchange for entry into sweepstakes for big prizes, or cash them out for high street gift vouchers. There's a missing link with feeding trophy and achievement hunting back into video games though, and who wouldn't push to finish as many titles as possible if it meant your next game keeps getting cheaper? Number 6. Our Collective Hatred of Loot Boxes Solution: Disclose Drop Rates and Potential Items Loot boxes are infuriatingly here to stay. And as the last 8 years have shown, for every FIFA Ultimate Team or Shadow of War Orc box, there's a Warframe, a Fortnite, or a Rocket League. I.e. a consumer respecting way to do microtransactions that doesn't rile up those who just want to play a video game. Overall though, the mandate on any spin of the wheel and the thing that offsets the anger of duplicates or not being able to use your random item is revealing drop rates and the gains within. FIFA 2022 actually has EA trying a pack preview in full after a trial in the last game. Game, though you're only able to preview one card pack every few hours. The feeling of being nickeled and dimed isn't going to go away anytime soon, but if consumers knew exactly how likely they were to win, and what they were going to win, it'd go a long way to remedying the toxicity surrounding loot component implementation. 
Number 5. Widespread Piracy Through Emulation Solution: Make back catalogs available Less simple depending on the operating system, but as became clear across the last generation, making older titles work on newer hardware isn't anywhere near the nightmare we were led to believe. Today, Xbox Game Pass thrives with three generations of Xbox titles. PlayStation resorted to streaming PlayStation 3 games on PlayStation Now alongside just putting PS2 games like The Warriors or Bully on the PlayStation Store. Nintendo are even busy adding N64 games to their existing archive of NES and SNES games on Switch, with rumours of Game Boy and Game Boy Advance in the pipeline. The point is that people want access to libraries of games, and they shouldn't have to think about rebuying older consoles or getting lost in emulation just to play a classic level, revisit a beloved entry, or otherwise access the classics. With Nintendo taking to shutting down fan-run emulation archives and the industry overall forever wondering if they can just sell you a touched-up re-release instead of the original, it's clear a lot more work has to be done. Number 4. You never know what you're buying. Solution: Mandatory time-limited demos using retail code. Different to how I think video game advertising needs a considerable overhaul, which I'll get to in a minute, one of the most annoying issues with video games is never really knowing what you're paying for. Comparisons to marketing are one thing, but I'm talking sheer performance, resolution, or how something handles. Across the 8th generation, we saw demos largely go away altogether, mostly because with this scale of production increasing, it's nigh on impossible to siphon off a sliver of what's in progress polishing it up for a separate release. That said, the solution isn't a vertical slice, but access to finished retail code for a limited time. It is exactly to the letter what Capcom did with Resident Evil 2 Remake's one-shot demo. Here, Capcom gave you 30 minutes with finished launch day code, two weeks before the launch itself. It was the perfect way to get a feel for the game. You could play the title as it was about to be sold, and opt to purchase the full version straight after. Many people talked about how they were incentivized to keep playing, and though it meant a bigger download for the rest of the game, already there's a far more natural onboarding process from demo to full title. Why this isn't the norm, I have no idea. Number 3. Storefronts fail to recommend games you'd like Solution: Consumer-specific game suggestions based on playing habits and franchises. With the indie renaissance of 2021, where scores of recommendable smaller-scale games saw upticks in popularity thanks to bigger titles being delayed into 2022, it's a reminder that some of the best games you can play don't come with big marketing budgets or anything to really highlight their existence. The Artful Escape, Eastward, Cyber Shadow, Lake, Axiom Verge 2, all are stellar recommendable games that it's potluck if they end up on your radar. To remedy that, we need way better algorithmic tools on your average console storefront when it comes to recommendations. Think Spotify's Daily Mix or their newer blend technology that assembles playlists based on two people's tastes. Yes, we have trending sections to get the word out about something like Hades and you might wishlist or favorite something, but 99% of the time this doesn't really mean anything other than a notification on launch day. Give us curated portions of storefronts that suggest titles based on specific game mechanics and player interests the console knows we enjoy because it already tracked the relevant gameplay, trophy, or achievement data alongside. If that requires more integration with data from publishers, then give us publisher recommendations. For every Assassin's Creed or Far Cry, there should be a nod towards Valiant Hearts, Rayman Legends, or Child of Light. With mandated demos like I mentioned and a discount on the price because maybe you've been finishing more games that month, it would create one hell of an ecosystem around discovery and customer satisfaction that would benefit everybody.
Number two, being stuck with a broken game. Solution, digital refunds available at a publisher's discretion. With digital game sales comprising around 80% of everything sold, it's clear that eventually digital refunds will have to become the norm. That reality though is far, far from where we're at now. Nintendo, for example, essentially have a neon flashing nope sign if you want to refund anything, no matter how broken it is, or if you were hoodwinked by one of the many cheap ripoff titles on their eShop. Pre-orders can be thankfully cancelled as of the end of 2020, but that's about it. As for PlayStation and Xbox, most of the time it's an uphill battle to convince the company that a title isn't satisfactory as it's such a grey subject matter to pin down. Cyberpunk 2077 was a landmark event where refunds were offered no matter how much time had been played, but this is far from the norm. Both companies stick to the standard 14-day window rule, but that's only if you haven't started playing or, in some cases, begun downloading at all. None of these policies address the problem with broken or otherwise unsatisfactory games at launch. And put simply, we need a promise from console manufacturers and content hosts at this level that we're not going to be stuck with a buggy, broken, or otherwise unfulfilling game. If refund policy was a timed gameplay window on a per-publisher basis, like say the two hours you can bank before requesting a refund on Steam, we'd soon weed out all those only in it for the money, and which companies actually prioritize the consumer. And number one, marketing promises versus downgrades at launch. Solution, target renders are factored into most AAA games marketing. It's ran the gamut of The Witcher 3 having far worse visuals than first shown to the hilariously tragic or tragically hilarious likes of Puddlegate that surrounded Insomniac Spider-Man. Basically, and there are hundreds more examples of launch day games not living up to marketing everywhere you look, the gaming industry has a major problem with early glimpses of titles. Hell, with patches and overhauls to games like No Man's Sky or Rainbow Six Siege, continuing development after release, there's a problem with what a release date even is. Back to marketing though, and the solution to downgrades is cementing in the average consumer's mind that nothing is final until launch day. A glimpse of a level, character, or first pass at a story scene, it needs to come alongside a developer saying on stage that this is what we're aiming for, or have small print and associated text inside trailers spelling out that these things are target renders, indicative of what might be. We need to collectively understand the process of game development far better than we do right now. We should absolutely be excited for what could be as the developers are themselves, but alongside the acceptance that when a project's finish line is a 60-hour RPG, that's completely different to designing a 15-minute stage demo. CD Projekt Red's Adam Badowski addressed this in 2015, saying in regards to The Witcher 3's final state that it wasn't a downgrade because the game's performance and visuals are drastically different at full scale versus those initial showings. Behind-the-scenes making-ofs like what Danny O'Dwyer puts together at Noclip should be rolled out alongside a AAA title development, much like how we see first day of shooting videos for popular movies. If it was more understood that a team is trying their best to craft a vision, something they themselves can't tangibly interact with until months or weeks before launch, the overall passion behind video game creation could be far more unified between audience and creator. At least that's what I think after covering the industry for about a decade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.